Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer in Denver, Colorado. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report. It is presented daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Of course, uh, Trent Brown was a two time CFL All Star. James H. Brown and won a 1993 Grey Cup. Uh, Brendan Escott's back at the 630 Chet Studios. How did your uh, post-game show go, pre and post go, for the uh, Elks victory preseason against Winnipeg the other night? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a bit of a different challenge for sure, but uh, one that I think filling in on this show has prepared me for, and the team got away with a, with a win. Even though we didn't have eyes on the game, Bob, we couldn't see the broadcast, so it'll be a lot different this Friday when we can get down there and watch them play the Stamps. All right, and uh, obviously the Oilers uh, tonight and Thursday night, 6 p.m. puck drops uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, 6.30, Chad, not just the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers, but the Edmonton Elks as well. Sportsnet Specmark Spectre for the Horses in Horse Racing, Alberta. Reminder, live thoroughbred racing at Century Mile Racetrack uh, with free parking and admission. And uh, live racing on Fridays and Saturdays. For more information, head to thehorses.com. And uh, here we go into the goaltending. JB has Texas on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. You have to believe that Mike Smith is enjoying showing up Markstrom in the playoffs after Ken Holland pursued him so hard before settling on Mike Smith, and now he gets a chance to stick it to the other guy in the other net and show Ken why uh, he made the uh, right decision not to uh, making the trade for Darcy Kemper. That one comes to us from JB. Well, this situation's a little bit different because Koskinen was probably being moved to an Eastern Conference team, and it very well might have been Kemper and Smith as the goaltending tandem, but as we bring Mark Spector in, absolutely, Mike Smith is a fiery guy. We got Dwayne Rolson spec coming up at uh, 235 today, and there's some similarities there with how well both guys have played late in his career. And Mike Smith is a huge storyline in the playoffs. And Mark, I got to be the first to admit, I'm going to say it right now. You see, I never noticed when I was wrong. Well, I didn't see Mike Smith halfway through the year going 947 in his final 12 games of the regular season and then having a 927 save percentage during the Oilers' first 12 games of the playoffs and getting Edmonton in round three. I did not see that happening. Did you? Well, no, but who did? Right, Looking back, you know, 2020 and all, the the injury was probably the best thing, right? What's the worst thing that happens with an aging player, not just a goalie, any player? You play a bunch of games and you wear down. 
Well, he didn't play a bunch of games. So he's in the prime of his season. As Whitcroft said during the Calgary uh, series, you know, he's only played whatever the number of games during the season. He's in mid-season form. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny because we've covered, I mean, I remember being in this town years ago when Ray Bork came to the Avalanche and it was all about winning a Stanley Cup for Ray Bork. And we all recall when, when you know, Dave Anderchuk was winning a cup and it was all about a cup for Dave Anderchuk. Well, you know what? Mike Smith's 40 years old and he's not just a guy, one of six defensemen or one of 12 forwards here. This guy's a starting goalie, right? He doesn't have much time left in his career either. He's had a long, successful NHL career, not unlike Dave Anderchuk. I'm not putting him in Ray Bork's you know, success meter. He's probably not going to the Hall of Fame here, but it's kind of cool that the theme is here's this old guy, let's win a cup for this old guy. But he's kind of one of the most important players in the series as a starting goalie. That is a new angle, Bob, that I have not seen in my career. And now the thing about Kemper, and I've always liked Kemper dating back to when he played. In fact, I used to talk with Cam Moon, who now, of course, is one of the Oilers' two radio play-by-play voices and does a great job. Uh, I used to talk to him about their goalies because they had Ward, and and then you know, and, and they had Kemper uh, come through there, and James Reimer. Like they they had some guys that are legitimate NHL goaltenders, and. Uh, I, I was all for trying to get Darcy Kemper from Arizona. People listen to the show, they know that. The one thing I noticed about the St. Louis series, even though like Colorado dominated the shot charts, St. Louis doesn't have Edmonton's speed. They they are deep at forward. They got three good lines, but they didn't penetrate a lot. Kemper spilled some rebounds in that series, and he's only at 9.04 so far in the playoffs. And even think of the games against Edmonton, Mark, this year. He was brilliant in the one game where he stopped 49 out of 50, and then the Oilers pumped five past him on 26. I'm like, and if you take a look at Kemper's track record, you know, pretty impressive numbers. Like, he's had two or three really good years. This is an, a really intriguing matchup because so far in the playoffs, Smith at 927, Kemper at 904, who's been the better goalie, Mark? Well, there's a couple things here, right? I think we need to take a step back and take a look at who's shooting the pucks. You know, Edmonton did to Jacob Markstrom what nobody in the hockey world thought could happen here, right? They, they just, he couldn't handle it. You know, Johnny Goodrow came down on Mike Smith on how many breakaways they have in that series. Didn't score on one of them, right? When Zach Hyman, when Leon Drysaddle's coming down on you, when it's a two-on-one with McDavid and Kane, those pucks are going in. And I'm not blaming the goalie. I'm not looking at Markstrom. You know, Markstrom spilled some rebounds. He wasn't great. By any means, he was 850. But I blame the Oilers for a lot of that. So Darcy Kemper here has had a playoff run against the Nashville Predators, who are not an offensive machine, and the St. Louis Blues, who are known for their strong defensive play. they got some good players, of course, but they don't have anywhere close to the offensive guns that Edmonton has. And he's gone 9-0-5 against those two teams. So, you know, what do you think is going to happen when he starts facing the arsenal he's about to start facing, right? This... He better play better. He has to raise his game a hell of a lot from 905 against Nashville and St. Louis, or it's going to be an 860 against Edmonton. That's what's going to happen. Now, Mark, the opposite argument takes hold here. Los Angeles pumped a ton of shots in. They don't have the high-octane offense of Colorado. 
and Calgary, with all due respect to the Flames, I mean, that top line shot the lights out. We've discussed the number 6,433 times over the last yep. four months. That top line played 88% of their time, 5v5. And they, those guys were basically, when they were on the ice, the team shot the puck at even strength at 13% in the regular season. That is unheard of. You know, like Connor and Lee on the back-to-back years, they won MVP, you know, 11% the team shot the puck at even strength. This year, McDavid, even strength in the regular season, 5v5, the order shot the puck just over 8. Like, abnormally low. Whereas in the playoffs, it's 16 to 18% for McDavid and Leon. So they've wrapped it up, of course. They've played together, too. So you yeah. can make the argument the other way, saying Colorado's going to be a tougher challenge for Smith. It is going to be, I guess, the part that I like. Mark, I see a lot of similarities between Mike Smith and Dwayne Rolls. They're fighters. They're alley cats, man. You know what I mean? And alley cats scrap. And that's what I like about Smith. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we all learned in Edmonton, to me, from old Grand Fuhrer, man. He let in five and he didn't care. He says, don't worry, boys, we'll let in the six. <laughs> you know, well, that's legend in, in Oiler land. We've all heard that tale a thousand times. But, but the, the story behind that tale is resilience, right? A- ability to forget. Don't let the fact that the guy scored on you last time make him score on you this time because you're still worried about it. And that's what Mike Smith has. Mike Smith has a, a huge dose of that, of that ability to forget you know, and, and where does it come from, Bob? Remember, he spent a career, you know, every hundred touches, he gives up a goal that makes the highlight reels because he coughs one up and they score on an empty net. Nobody, like he's the best puck handling guy in the league, but I'm here to tell you, he's also probably leads the league in goals given up because that's just the nature of what he does. So here's my point. No one's had to deal with this more than Mike Smith. Uh, the 132-foot goal aside, no one's had to go back into their net after coughing one, of, you know, pizza up the middle that went in the net more than Smith. He's a professional at forgetting about a mistake. So, I think you're right. Like he is, that's what makes him such a pro and such a veteran. He's done it, man. He's been through it, and he's he's the guy I want in my net in terms of that experience because he's had all the bad things happen to him. Now, you know, let's you still got to stop pucks, not just handle it, Bobby. But at the Mike Smith we're looking at right now, you know, uh, if you if you told me today you can have Kemper in your net or you can have Mike Smith in your net starting tonight, go. Which guy are you picking? I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, well, and, and again, a, a year ago, I would have said Kemper all day. Me uh, too. Me too. Smith's ability. Maybe uh, not now. <laughs> yeah. You know, what did Kenny Holland say? He was trying to upgrade to Kemper. I'm not sure he'd make that trade today straight over. (laughs) Mark, it's crazy how it's where. And here's the thing. You could, like, the average, you know what, I'm an average fan. Fans are awesome. Like, like, you look at Hyman, you're like, it's going to work. Like, we all watched how Hyman played for the Leafs. He's going to be a good fit. Uh, If you can get past uh, being a virtue signaler, you would you would look at Evander Kane and go on. It's going to work. He's a really good player. It's turned out to work better than I think anybody thought. In fairness, yep. the guy's got like thirty four goals and fifty three games, and he's like plus whatever, plus thirty two. It's worked out pretty well. Cody Cece, you know, I I like the maturation with Cece. I know all the Toronto media. Oh, you guys suck. You got Barry ah, and Cece. Those guys, you know, uh, and I know, and I'm like, you know, it's hard to play in Toronto. 
It's, hard, it's not easy to go in there for a year. Uh, they're pretty hard on their. They ran Larry Murphy off too, and he won a couple more cups. How that work? Cups and, right? How did that work for you? Um, but the Smith one to me is fair because no one was sure he could come back from injury. But you nailed it. If anybody could shrug off a 132 foot uh, goal given up, Mike Smith's the goalie to do it. Oh yeah. For sure. There's, and there's that's not one. easy. Like, uh, I referenced Tommy Sallow, right? <laughs> he never shook that goal off against Belarus. They, I'm not sure the rest of his career if he was the same guy, right? Mike Smith shook it off so fast, he was making huge saves about 30 seconds later, and he was the better goalie in the last nine minutes of that game. That's how long it took him. It's incredible. That would have ruined a lot of guys. And it was an eye it was an eye blink for Smitty. Uh, the resiliency you spoke of as we go in our final segment, Mark, is that resilience also a byproduct not just of the players? We'll have that discussion. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Discussion. Coaching. When we return on Oilers Now. Game one, Edmonton and Colorado. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta joins us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack Friday and Saturday. Free parking and admission. More info at thehorses.com. All right, Mark. Uh, some other things to discuss. And one of them you talked about resiliency. Jay Woodcroft's teams had resiliency down in Bakersfield. Uh, Jay and Dave Manson, they built a program down there. They developed some defensemen uh, for the Oilers pipeline. And there's more that are going to be coming as well, including some big D. Just a thought. Is it, you know, do, can a coach help assist in instilling um, resiliency especially with this today's player mark and doing so possibly with positive reinforcement what do you think yeah there's no listen anyone asking or wondering or or you know speaking of bad predictions i thought it was for the orders to fire another coach was, was not the right thing to do anyone going back and 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 trying to relitigate the decision that ken holland made for the first time in 25 years as a gm to fire a coach mid-season but don't it, it's over that was the right decision if you thought it was wrong you were wrong i was wrong right would the, the trade the move to woodcroft it's just the, the numbers are back there's no more discussion on that he's you know and 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 his relationship with the not only the bakersfield guys bobby but the guys he knew as a former assistant coach in Edmonton, those he walks in here, he's not shaking hands in the dressing room like most new coaches are. He knew everybody, almost everybody. And, and sure, I don't know exactly what he's doing or exactly how he's doing it, 
But don't come at me and tell me that he hasn't pushed every right button so far. His in-game adjustments have been just this side of perfect. And he's got this team doing what we complained they couldn't do, Bob. They're winning tight hockey games in May and June now. And we said, until you can win a tight game down the stretch and and keep it out of your own net and play proper defensive hockey and have structure and all those things, well, they're doing all that. That's the team we said they had to be. That's the team they are. And the head coach, man, he gets a ton of credit for it. Yeah, and, you know, I work for the club host a show called Oilers now. We had a guy, I believe his name was Stoney, he called me when the team was 16 and 7 and said the Oilers needed to fire Dave Tippett and Jay Woodcroft right now that this was going to go sideways. And I was vehemently opposed to it at that time. Um, uh, I did like the fact that the Oilers went internal. I know Kurt Levins wrote a piece on that in the Cult of Hockey this week as well. That You know, the internal solution was there. And just as an organization should take pride in drafting and developing their own players, they basically developed their own head coach. Mark, just speaking of the numbers, you ready for this? Here we go. Tippett uh, had a 5.57 winning percentage this year. It was 18th in the league. Woodcrofts tied for second with points percentage at 7.24. The Oilers were minus six in goal differential when Tippett was relieved of his duties. That was 18th in the league. The Oilers went plus 40 under Woodcroft. That was second. The Oilers were 12th in goals for 3.18 under Tippett. They were 5th in goals for 3.82 under Woodcroft. The Oilers were 23rd in goals against at 3.32 under Tippett. They were 5th in goals against under Woodcroft at 2.76. The only major statistical category, team stats-wise, that uh, got worse under Jay was power play. Tippett's power play was second in the league at 27.6. It dropped to 24.1, which was ninth. Uh, the penalty killing dramatically improved. It was 76.7% under Tippett, 24th in the league. It went to eighth under Woodcroft, 82.1%. Shots for Edmonton marginally improved. Uh, shots against Edmonton actually was flat, but improved in terms of the percentages. And the save percentage went from 25th mark to third, which is obviously tied into goals against as well. So virtually every, they they went up in every statistical category that you can think of as a team. And that doesn't even get into five on five metrics, which were dramatically better under Woodcroft. So the team responded to the change. There's no debate about it. And it wasn't just Dave Tippett. It was Dave Tipp and Jim Playfair, and it was Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, and those guys working together, and Woodcroft knowing those D as well, or uh, Manson, Speck, knowing those D as well. Yeah, it's, and it's a lot of things. You know, I, I, I want to say, don't, you know, those, the numbers are the numbers. I'm not disputing any of them. But the guys we're talking about and giving all the credit to are wearing suits, and the guys that play the game aren't. So I want to say to you that, that Woodcroft, not only did he get the, the you know, was he favored by the fact that when he walked in the door, Mike Smith was starting to play again and starting to play well. Evander and Kane not, was, Evander Kane was up to speed. Uh, all those things. He also had a very attentive team that watched another coach get fired and said, okay, boys, we got to get this thing straightened out. He, I've never seen... You know, I've never seen Connor McDavid put his nose to the grindstone and the wheel here and say, "Get on, boys. We're not. We're. Who are they? Two eleven and two. After that point, McDavid and Drysaddle, they just absolutely dug in every night. So my point is this: Woodcroft, Manson, great change by Holland. 
excellent coaching. I'm not saying anything different, but those players are the ones that did all this, and they they took that tippet firing as a bit of a kick in the rear end and turned it up a notch for Woodcroft. There's no doubt about that either. As you know, Mark, two eleven and two, and then the Oilers ran off a five zero and one under tippet, then came back from the break. And went 0-2, right. and the change was made at that time, and away we went. All right. Uh, Dave Manson, interesting story here. Josh Manson, a pending UFA. He's playing in the second pairing. That's the pairing the Oilers have got to get to. They're going to play Jack Johnson and Josh Manson together. Edmonton has to get to that pairing. The analytics guys have hated uh, Jack Johnson forever. They used to love Josh Manson. An interesting storyline there for sure. Yeah, Josh. What a, you know, I've met Josh as of you, Bobby, a time or two. I mean, I go back to watching him running around the Oilers dressing room when his father Dave was still a player. He was three or four years old. And I asked him about that today. He has no remembrance or recollection. But what a what a well spoken you weren't at the avail this morning. What a well spoken young man and smart and you know, someone asked him about if he cuts off communication with his dad and over this series and and the the cliche answer is yes we're not going to talk he says forget it he says family first i'll talk to my dad all i want or not exchanging trade secrets here and someone said he probably won't instruct you on your game much and he says you know what my dad never instructs me on my game unless he can see i'm really struggling and he says he can read me he can tell by my voice when i need instruction and only then does he give it to me and what i thought was cool bobby said that's what makes him such a good coach. He said he knows when to instruct, when to kick you in the ass a little. And and I thought coming from Josh about his dad, uh, just, you know, he said some stuff a lot of players. They'd never share with the media, right? He did. Yep. He said, he's a nice young kid and a hell of a good defenseman. And, yeah, you got to get to the second pair. Of course you do, right? Because the first pair can't play all night. And the oh, second pair, you got to get They play 26 happen. minutes, Mark. So, yeah. But and yeah, how, how, McCarr, I'll leave you with this. What's that? I say, how much is McCarr going to play here every night? What's he going to average in this series? 20, I, 26, 27 minutes. Mark, I'll leave you with this. Uh, there was a humorous moment at the end where Josh Manson was talking about Dave playing with his grandkids. Mm-hmm. And what did he say about uh, who his daughter better be cheering for? <laughs> yeah, someone said, who's the grand? I mean, his granddaughter's only months old, I think. He yeah. said, she better be cheering for me. Forget her grandpa. It's better be on my side here. So it's fun. It's a Daniel Nugent Bowman had a real nice uh, story in the Athletic today with Lana, uh, Josh's mom, and Dave's wife uh, tying it all together. It's a nice read. If you're out there, you should give it a read. Yeah, you know they said he caught the whole spirit of the thing with that one, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he did for sure. All right, uh, Spec. Uh, you and me are both flying back Friday. We'll maybe try to move some uh, chess pieces. Well, no one will accuse you and me of being chess players. Uh, we'll move the checkerboard around and see if we can fit you in on Thursday since you'll be flying back on Friday, okay? Sounds good, buddy. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.